Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network, where we're facing today's headlines without fear and defending the gospel of Christ through power, love, and a sound mind. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. Uh, we welcome you today, and we're excited to have you with us. Uh, we're particularly excited today uh, to announce that uh, we're welcoming some listeners from abroad in the U.K., um, Canada, Sweden, Argentina, and Thailand. Uh, we're, we're getting a, a pretty wide array of uh, listeners from across the globe, and we're very excited about that. We, uh, this, this ministry primarily being a ministry of, of uh, disseminating the gospel, first and foremost, um, we, we are very excited that uh, you're listening in, and we welcome you to do so every week. Um, and I'd like to make another announcement uh, before we get started here, Pastor, if that's okay with you. <laughs> I think it's more your podcast than it is mine, and I'm and I'm fine with that. Okay, I'll take the blame. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, uh, uh, the other the other uh, announcement that we'd like to make is that uh, Pastor and I have discussed an outreach, uh, and it appears that we are uh, we're reaching across the globe, which we're thrilled about. Uh, and with that in mind, uh, we have decided to add another episode to our weekly segment. Uh, we're doing one on Saturday, and uh, today, by the way, is Saturday. I believe it's October the 24th, right, Pastor? Beats, beats me. I don't look at the calendar much well, I, because, I, of my, because of my age. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you in that boat, and I don't look at it much either. But, uh, yeah, today's Saturday, I think, October the 24th, um, and uh, we're going to add to our weekly broadcast another segment, which we will air on Tuesday, every Tuesday, and the new segment will be focused primarily on uh, current events uh, in the world today and other secular subjects, but we will be viewing those and discussing those uh, through the lens of Scripture, as always. Uh, again, our primary focus being on disseminating the gospel of Christ. We will be looking at current events and other secular issues through the lens of Scripture. Uh, these episodes will be in question-and-answer format, so we're excited to be able to uh, present this to you, and uh, we hope that uh, it gives you another reason during the week to tune in and be with us. Um, with that being said, uh, we need to focus on today's episode, and today's episode uh, concerns one of my favorite biblical subjects, and uh, I'm sure one of yours, Pastor, uh, and uh, we're going to entitle this one, What is Truth? As you all know, uh, all of us, whether we're Christian or not, uh, a lot of us, and I think most of us in the world, especially now in, in contemporary times, there are a lot of truth seekers out there, Christian and non-Christian alike. And uh, our goal here with, with this segment and every segment that we do, but 
particularly this segment, is to let you know exactly what is truth. And I think with that, Pastor, uh, I'll hand it over to you, sir. being evil spoken of uh, we're in the United States in an election cycle we go through this every four years and we listen to, we, we listen to <laughs> let, me, let me just put it kind of uh, crudely we're listening to a pot full of lies uh, for the most part as and, always and, um, as always yeah and, uh, and it's getting worse so uh, we're going to answer this question, but uh, I'm going to make some opening remarks. Uh, we will eventually be in John chapter 18, uh, and uh, and then we'll go to several scriptures after that. And until we get there, please listen, and I'll give you the addresses of the scriptures I'm speaking from. And uh, so let's begin with John chapter 1, verse 1, uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, and it begins with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, and then we go to John 1.14. It says, and the Word was made flesh. And that's in the person of Jesus Christ, of course. Yes. It was made flesh, and it dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. That's John 1.14. And last week we talked about uh, um, uh, grace all over the place. Uh, two amazing attributes of Jesus Christ are mentioned here, grace and truth. And we're going to be talking about the truth today. And then in John 1.17 it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, yep, some 32 or 33 years after the birth of God in the flesh, and that's Jesus Christ, a time during which he uh, turned to water to wine, fed 5,000 people with a few loaves and fishes, he healed the sick, raised the dead, and you find that in the, in the Gospel of Luke when he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead, and many more amazing and miraculous things Jesus did. And after that, these years, Jesus then had to appear in the judgment hall before the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, in Jerusalem. Now, at this event, Pilate was just full of questions because he's questioning a witness here. And uh, we, we see that in John 18:33, he asked this, Art thou king of the Jews? Because that's what his claim was. That's right. Jesus responded accordingly, and then Pilate got a little bit smart aleck. He said, am I a Jew? (laughs) Jesus again responded, and then Pilate asked this. He says, art thou a king then? And I want you to listen to Jesus' answer. Here's what he said. Thou sayest that I'm a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Here it is, the truth. That's why Jesus was born. That's right. And then he goes on to say, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. He says that John eighteen thirty seven. Pilate then, and I think he did this in derision. I think he got real sarcastic. And in John eighteen thirty eight, he asked this question. What is truth? 
<laughs> yeah. Now we're going to answer that in just a few minutes. And before I present a list of things about truth and what it is and what it does and so forth, I want to show what has been happening to the truth over the centuries, including these last days. And make no mistake, we are in the last days. Yes, we are. In Romans, in Romans 1.18, there are some awesome words. Beginning with um, the 18th verse of Romans chapter 1, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven mm. against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now, now why? And who were these men? The rest of the verse tells us who and why. And they say, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's the very first thing. There, now, there are many more things in this passage, but the first thing is the um, pollution and perversion and the profaning of truth. Right. A few verses later, in verse 25 of Romans 1, we read that they changed the truth of God into a lie. Yeah. Happening today, folks. Peter, in his second epistle, in chapter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 of Second Peter, is regarding false prophets. He said there were false prophets among the people, even, and there will be false prophets among you. And he said, there shall be false teachers among you who shall privily, isn't that interesting word? Privily? Mm-hmm. Surreptitiously, uh, sneakily, who shall privily bring in damnable heresies, yeah. even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Whoa. And listen to this, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Yep. Yep. Apostle Paul confronted the Galatians. You know, Galatians is written about the difference between grace and truth. The Apostle uh, he confronted the Galatians in, uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, when he said, O oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Mm -hmm. Paul tells the church at Rome, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Romans chapter 2, verse 2. Paul writes these words to Timothy. This no also, then in the last days perilous times shall come. And then he said, uh, writes a list of things that men shall be. And he comes to Second uh, uh, Timothy 3 and verse 7. He says, they shall be ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh, boy. To this very day, Curtis, the day of truth is being defamed and denied and denigrated, but it can never be destroyed. That's right. Now, the importance of truth is displayed, displayed in its use in John's gospel and his three epistles. He wrote four books of the Bible when he used the word truth 48 times. Oh. Is the truth important? Yeah. I'd say so. And in Paul's epistles, and I'm including Hebrews in this because I think he wrote the Hebrews also. Mm -hmm. uh, the word truth appears 50 times. Wow. Now that's 98 times from two writers of the scripture. Right. How important is the truth? Obviously, David, he, obviously yeah. very important. Yes. Yeah. So in Psalm 51, 6, David, King David declares this. He said, behold thou, and he's talking to God, 
Behold thou, God, desirest truth in the inward parts. Mm-hmm. In other words, you need to be filled with the truth. Your mind should be uh, should be disciplined to think on the truth all the time. Right. Then Paul in 1 Corinthians in the love chapter, uh, and love is translated in the King James Version of charity, but it, it means love. Uh, um, and Paul, and in 1 Corinthians 13, 6, he says, love rejoices, rejoiceth in the truth. Yeah. Are you rejoicing in the truth today, believers? <laughs> in, in in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 13, Paul commends the Thessalonians in this manner. He says, for this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. You see, the Bible's not word of men. God dictated his word to men, and they wrote it down as the... Uh, as they were guided by the Holy Spirit. He says, uh, when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Amen. So, Mr. Pilate, we're going to give you the answer, although uh, rather incomplete. I'm not going to have 98 points in this message, so, uh, so don't worry. And so here, here's the answer to your question that you ask, what is truth? Now, number one, and by the way, all of these points will begin with S. I'm, I'm addicted to alliteration. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, but I think it's the, one of the best ways to learn and remember. I agree. I agree. Um, I know but, but but you're my son, and, and you have no choice. Okay. <laughs> I also agree. Okay. <laughs> I'm supposed to get the laughs here. Okay. okay. <laughs> Number one, we see the source of truth. Yes. And the source of truth, of course, is God. That's right. And that truth was fully manifested in his only begotten son. Yes. We've already read the verse, and we beheld his glory, the glory of, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, John mm-hmm. one fourteen. So we see the source of truth, which is the Son of truth, and we see that in point number two. Jesus Christ is the Son of truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Familiar verse to most of us, John 14.6. Then he says later, he that has seen me hath seen the Father. Well, Jesus was the son of truth, and if you've seen him, you've seen the Father, which was the source of truth. Right. Number three, and this completes the trinity of truth, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We turn to the Gospel of John, and and uh, if you will, remember these verses. If you'd like to turn there, I'll give you a moment. It's John 14, and John 15, and John 16. In John 14, 7... It says that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. Now that phrase is also used in John fifteen twenty six and John sixteen thirteen. So now we're introduced to the Spirit of Truth. Now these passages, John fourteen fifteen and sixteen, they outline the program of the Spirit of Truth. 
In John 14, 17, we see the Spirit's presence. Jesus says, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Every believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling within him. Mm-hmm. In John 15, 26, we see the proceeding of the Spirit of truth. Where did he come from? Jesus said, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father. That's John sixteen thirteen, And then we see the prodding of the Spirit of truth being declared. When Jesus says this, how be it? When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all, all truth. truth. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, that's true because the Bible clearly tells us that God cannot lie. Amen. And of course, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's God in the Spirit. Number four, so we see we see the source of the truth, the Son of truth, the Spirit of truth. Now, number four, in Ephesians chapter 1, 12 and 13, we can clearly see salvation of the truth or by the truth. When Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus that we should be to the praise of his glory who, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that ye heard the word mm-hmm. of truth. <laughs> The gospel of your salvation. First Corinthians 15, the first four verses talk about the gospel. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then James 1.18 says this, Of his own will, that's God's own will, he begat us. How did he do it? With the word of truth. Mm-hmm. So we see salvation of the truth. Then number five, in in the 17th chapter of John's Gospel, we see uh, Jesus' uh, intercessory prayer for his disciples, and he's praying for them. And we see in that chapter, verse 17, the sanctification of truth. As Jesus prays in verse 17, he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Right, right. In other references, we'll see what sanctification is. See, People think that sanctification only means holiness. It means that. But the moment you get saved, you're not totally sanctified. Because, first of all, salvation, uh, sanctification is positional. The moment you believe, you're sanctified or set, a, set, apart. set apart. Hebrews yeah. 10 10 says, says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for Oh, and so this positional sanctification happens once the moment you believe in the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Right. So that's positional. Next, we see uh, that sanctification is practical. In other words, it's to be practiced. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel. That's your body, soul, and spirit Mm -hmm. in sanctification and honor. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. So we see sanctification is positional, it's practical. Next, we want to see it's progressive. You know, I'm going to insert just a little story. You and I went to the great Averyville Baptist Church in Peoria, Illinois, and later on it moved to East Peoria, pastored by Bobby Lounsbury, who was... A hillbilly, and he admitted it, and he really was. Went to Baptist, 
went to Baptist Bible College in Springfield, and he was pastoring our church, and he was preaching a message on sanctification, and he, he ejaculated this expression. He says, I just keep getting saveder and saveder. <laughs> I remember, yes. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. He was talking about progressive. Yes, he Sanctification. Was. That's right. And, and, the, and, and 1 Thessalonians <laughs> 5.23 speaks of that. He says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And not, that's W-H-O-L-L, completely. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul be, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So Amen. sanctification is positional, it's practical, it's progressive, and then it's perfect. Right. Um, in Hebrews 10.14, again... Uh, he speaks of sanctification. It says, for by one offering he hath perfected forever mm. them that are sanctified. <laughs> Amen. When is that forever sanctification? Well, you've got it positionally, practically, and progressively right now. But one day to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yes. And that, and that day, and that only, will we be perfect Forever, praise the Lord. So we see, we see this in this thing. We saw the sanctification uh, in truth. So number six in the shortest Psalm of the Bible, that's Psalm one seventeen. We see the steadfastness of truth. It's depicted in this verse. It says, "For he, he thanks God for His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever." forever. Psalm 117, verse 2. You can't beat the truth. Nope. You really can't. <laughs> no. Because it's you there. Can't. It's here. Now, and was was before he even created the earth, and ever will be um, after he comes. Yeah. In uh, number seven. Now, this may be a little stretch, but I think 2 Corinthians 13, 8 portrays the strength and the standing of truth. The Apostle Paul says this, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. That's right. You got that? Yep. That's how strong the truth is. You can't can't even injure the truth. (laughs) Number eight, John writes to us regarding the sincerity of truth. Now, this is found in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. He says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. You see, once you get saved, that truth is, is, is invested in you. That's right. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even if it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. And you see the sincerity of truth mm. in those verses. Yeah. Number nine, you still with us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, just so you are. There is great safety in the truth. Yes, there is. You know, believers, you don't have to keep walk through the world and keep looking over your shoulders to see if anybody's catching up with you. <laughs> uh, there's great safety in the truth. The psalmist writes this in Psalm chapter 40. Verse 11, it says, withhold not, thy, thy, withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and 
thy truth mm. continually preserve me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if I were you, believer, I'd get right in behind the truth and stay with it like a shadow. Amen. Number 10. I'm going through this rather quickly, aren't I? No, no, I think I think everybody's able to keep up. Go ahead, Pastor. I hope so. I hope so. Um, number 10, Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, I love this in John chapter 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, he responds to her question regarding the place of worship. Mm -hmm. And that, that was kind of a ploy, you know, uh, that she didn't have to answer the real question. And Jesus answered her this. He says, woman, believe me, believe me. <laughs> you know what? That's Jesus. That's Jesus' uh, uh, answer to everything. That's, believe me. That's right. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Mm -hmm. He said, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem. Wow. Yep. Wow. Worship the Father. No, neither in this mountain in Samaria nor yet at Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. you, you, you worship what you know not what. We know what we worship mm -hmm. for salvation is of the Jews. And make no mistake, the Jews are God's elect nation. They have been since the days of Abraham. And they still are. So watch out what you do to the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. Well, how could he say that? Well, he's a Jew. <laughs> yep. Mother was a Jew. Right. But the hour cometh, he says, and now is. Mm. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. And, and in... in Truth, right? For the for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him. In now must worship him. Let me say it again. Yeah. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. John chapter four, verses twenty one through twenty four. So having said this, Jesus was proclaiming the solemnity of truth. It's a solemn issue, the truth is. And by the way, we must worship him in spirit and truth. Are you listening? Then, num that was number 10. Got a couple more. Um, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. This is number 11 in your outline. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, we've already read that verse, but let's go to verse 25. It says, who changed the truth into a lie. Yeah. You see, they twist it. Yep. I, I've, I've talked to people that are using some rather perverse translations of the New Testament, some of them that leave verses out. Uh, I'm not going to go into it very much now, but uh, I will tell you this, that the NIV does and the ESV does. Yep. They leave, leave verses. It's very important verses. You can't, 
You can't say the Lord's Prayer from the ESV because they leave the last verse out of it, the last yeah. line of it out of there. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Can you, uh, Pastor, can you give us another example of, uh, say, something out of the NIV? Uh, I, I can. Uh, the, the verse that tells you about baptism is missing. Oh, Acts chapter 8. And verse 37. That's right. Missing. It's missing out of the NIV text. Yep. How come? Philip, Philip is talking beats the dickens out of me. They're not to detract from the word of God. That's right. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, 4 says uh, that very plainly. Um, and uh, or, nor do we to add to the word of the God. Proverbs 36 says that, that we don't mess with the word of God. The word of God is that's what I'm saying. Don't, uh, don't mess with the truth. And these people have changed the truth into a lie. Okay, give me, I'll give you the one from the NIV. Uh, Philip was told by uh, the Lord to go out on the desert in Gaza. There was an Ethiopian eunuch. He's in his chariot, uh -huh. headed back home from Jerusalem, and he's reading a parchment, and he's reading the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, and if you read what Philip says to him, um, and and uh, Philip says, "You understand what you're reading?" And the eunuch says, "How can I, except some man show me?" Mm -hmm. And so Philip began at that scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Yeah. So we know that it came from Isaiah 53, verse 6. That's, okay, that's for sure. Right. Okay. So, so then the Ethiopian eunuch who had been in Jerusalem, and he probably saw this group of people being baptized because Peter said that they should be baptized. And... He, uh, he says, well, here's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? Mm -hmm. now, that, then, that was in verse 36, right? And then in 837, uh, turn to your NIV and read it. Oh, you can't. You can't. <laughs> because Philip said, if thou believest, thou mayest. That's right. And he said, I believe with, believe it, with all your heart thou mayest. And the eunuch gave the right answer. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yeah, amen. Missing. And so, so there are men that came and they changed the truth of God into a lie. That's right. And, and, and of course, uh, all of these things must be brought into judgment. If, uh, by the way, Christians will believe will be judged for their works and not for their sins. Their fin sins are forgiven and forgotten. Amen. But lost people will be judged according to their works, like changing the truth into a lie. And now the Apostle Paul wraps up this section in Romans chapter 1 with this, with this statement. He says in Romans chapter 2, verse 2, he says, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. That's the scrutiny of truth. God knows it all, and he's scrutinizing your faith or lack thereof, and you're going to be judged according to what you did with the truth. That's number 11. Number 12, we see the setting of truth. Where is the setting of truth? Uh, where is it? Well, Folks, it ought to be in the individual believer. Uh, again, 
uh, I, I refer to the Psalms in Psalm 51, 6, uh, King David says, Behold thou, God desireth truth in the inward parts. Then the setting of the truth ought to be in the church. And sadly, it's missing for the most part in most places that call themselves churches. Yeah, that's, that's sad, but true. I am sorry to say that the church has almost, well, um, uh, traitors to the church. Mm -hmm. You guys, there was, a, there was a singer a long time ago, and I can't remember his word. I think it was Billy Joel that sang a song. It said, honesty is such a lovely word, uh, but not, but very seldom heard today. Right. I mean, here's here's a person who I believe was lost. Yeah. And he's and he says, boy, there's, there is no honesty in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and by the way, uh, the truth doesn't occur because the word of God is not being preached. It's a it's a praise, a dance, uh, uh, and then a uh, a closing prayer, which is empty, and then you all go home and. Uh, and uh, play poker or whatever you want to do. But anyway, <laughs> this is—I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I don't want to tell you this. If you're not in a church that is a fundamental, independent, Bible-believing, soul-winning church, get out and find one. Well, for sure. And good luck. For sure. And and so. Timothy 3.15, we see the, where the setting of the truth ought to be. Uh, Paul says this, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth, mm. the church which is the body of Christ, mm -hmm. the church which is the building of Christ, the yeah. church which is the bride of Christ. <laughs> ought to abide and be grounded in the truth. Right. The pillar and ground of the truth and the framework and the foundation of the church, uh, of, the, of the truth should be in the church. And, uh, by the way, the church is not the source of truth. It's just where the truth should make its home. That's right. The church should manifest the glory of God and be mature and to make mature um, believers and to make disciples and to make soul winners. You know, you're right, Pastor, and I, I've got, I, I'd like to ask a question uh, before you get too much farther here. Uh, do you think that, uh, you know, postmodern churches that are concentrating mainly on how God needs to, you know, how, how God will bless someone and not how he will judge someone. Do you think they're doing performing their mission correctly? Uh, I don't know if I understand that question uh, completely, but I think the answer is no. But here's here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. We've got to invest ourselves, our souls, our spirit, our our strength, our body in the truth 
And and by the way, the church is not the only place where the truth should be spoken. Oh, that's right. We're speaking it here on a Saturday morning. You're in Sherman, Texas. I'm in East Peoria, Illinois, and that's the way it should be done. <laughs> that's right. If I if I if I got the numbers right, there are 150 people in the UK who are investing in the truth by getting on this podcast. That's the way it appears. Amen. Hallelujah. The truth has a strategy. These things all begin with an S. I just love doing this. Uh, John 8.32 says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh-huh. You want real freedom? You want real freedom? Maybe you're in a jail cell listening to this. I don't know. Well, you're sure not free to walk around like you, like you used to be. But if you know the Lord Jesus Christ... You are free indeed. Amen. That freedom is from the penalty of sin. That's right. As a believer in Christ, I no longer have the sword of Damocles, that is death, hanging over my head. The wages of sin is death. The debt I once owed has been paid because Jesus bore my sins in his own body on the tree. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, and in so doing, he suffered my debt. Yes. He satisfied my debt. Amen. I had a debt that I could not pay. Mm. Jesus paid the debt that I owed. Amen. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the world. John, first John chapter two. He was also the substitute for my sin, in that he, he. Listen to this. Listen to how loving our God is. He, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for, for us. us. Away from it. Yeah. Isn't that something? It is. As a believer in Christ, the truth has made me free from the power of sin. It says in Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Now, make no mistake, I still have the sin nature, and I still have a tendency to sin, but it's taken care of. That doesn't, now, don't take that as a license to sin, but uh, it, it's true. Uh, and then, uh, one glorious day I shall be from sin from the presence of it. Yeah. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mm. Colossians 3, 4. And so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And this is the strategy of truth mm. to present you faultless before the throne of of God. Wow. And folks, if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ, there's not a better time than right now. That's for sure. Don't wait until we're finished here. That's right. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I'm speaking the truth. Amen. Uh, number 14, 2 Timothy 2 feet 15 is familiar verse to most believers uh, who have been in the Bible. It says to Timothy, study to show thyself to prove in the God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, um, giving some little, um, oh, some little devotion. No, 
He says, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. The study of truth is a two-edged sword. It's for the approval of the majesty, and it's with the appropriate method. That's right. You know, and, and Pastor, that's what I, the question I had earlier, uh, that's what it was in reference to. I was asking if most churches are, are doing what they're supposed to do as far as teaching and preaching the word, if they're only concentrating on the positive aspects of Scripture and not telling people what's what's in the word of God uh, regarding the negativity of uh, or the consequences of their unbelief. You know, there are a lot of pastors and churches that are concentrating on uh, you know, the love of God, which, of course, is true. God is loving, but they don't concentrate, they don't, they don't speak to their congregations about the judgment of God. You know, they never use words like sin and hell from their pulpits. Nope. Uh, I was pastoring a church, so you know this church because you were in it uh, once. Um, I mean, at one time, I shouldn't say just once. Uh, <laughs> And I, and I had a lady who'd been there, who'd been there even before I became the pastor, and she said she was. She said, "Pastor, we don't want to hear all this stuff about doctrines. Just we just want to hear about the love of Jesus." <laughs> you want yeah. to hear my answer to her? Please. I said the love, the love of Jesus is a doctrine. Sure is. <laughs> it sure so is. So. Well, this we're talking about the study of truth. You know, Proverbs fifteen twenty eight says this: "The heart of the righteous studieth the answer." Mm, that's right. Second Peter, we're told to, to, to that we be ready to give an answer to everyone that asks us of the okay. of, of the hope that lieth within us, uh, and so we must uh, uh, give ourselves over to the study of the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, number 15, now, now this one I'm going to step on a lot of toes, and I think I'm going to be stepping on my own toes <laughs> when I say this. Now, sometimes we preachers of the word are accused of speaking with anger and being too harsh. I've been accused of being angry. Oh, yeah, me too. And I fear that sometimes we do sound that way too often. Now, yeah. Uh, yeah. let me tell you. You know that God is often angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm seven eleven, the last part of that verse says, "God is angry with the wicked every day." That's right. And so it's not wrong to be angry. Uh, the, the the Philippian church was told to be angry and sin not. Let not uh, uh, the sun set on your on your anger. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, certainly Jesus had harsh words in Matthew 23 when he pronounced eight woes unto the scribes and Pharisees and he called them hypocrites and uh, eight times and also we see Jesus in Matthew 21 uh, chapter uh, chapter 21 verses 12 through 21 overturning the tables of the money changers yeah. and railing against them saying and probably very harshly my house shall be called the house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves by the way, that's what the church is becoming yeah. without the truth. Yeah. And I don't think people want to preach that anymore, but if you're listening, you're hearing it. And then in John's description of that event, John 2.15, Jesus made a scourge, a whip, a small court. Now, I've never done this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus made a scourge, 
of small course. And he drove them all out of the temple. Harsh? Yeah, it's hard to hard, hard to act like uh, that without being angry, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's angry, of course. Yeah. But now, having said this, having said this, and I hasten to say it, uh, what we preachers, and by we, I mean me, take too much license in our tirades. Sometimes we ought to temper what we say in the speaking of truth. Ephesians 4.15, Paul writes, but speaking the truth in love. In love, that's right. This does not mean that we have to be wimps or mamby-pambies. just means that uh, that we have to, it doesn't mean that we have to be weak and always soft-spoken. We don't have to be half-hearted. And it just means that we need to make people understand that when we speak the truth, we're doing it in love for them. For God so loved the world. Yeah. That, that's everybody. That's everybody. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, the, Believe the, in him. Yeah, these, that whosoever, folks, is you. That's right. These, these verses that, that you're just talking about now, uh, Pastor, uh, it proves the, the inclusivity of the gospel of Christ and, and, not, and not an exclusivity uh, that, that the world tries to, tries to claim the scriptures hold. The, the word of God is not exclusive. It, it, it's inclusive. Everybody's included in this. you forced me to. Aha. Uh-huh. Sorry. There's a doctrine <laughs> that there are many, many, many people who claim to be uh, uh, intelligent, philosophically uh, accurate, and all that kind of junk that teach a damnable doctrine of limited atonement. Oh, boy. Yeah. The gospel is not excluded. It is. It does not exclude anybody. It is not exclusive. The only way it becomes excluded is if you will not believe. Then you've excluded yourself. That's right. God hasn't. That's right. Limited atonement teaches that Jesus didn't die for everybody, just for those he knew would be saved. <laughs> and I got to tell you something. In John six sixty four. Uh, Jesus had said that he that he knew already who should not believe, but guess what? He preached to them anyway yep. because he didn't want them to not believe. He wanted them to believe. Yes. And if if atonement of God is limited, it's limited not by God, not by Jesus Christ, not by the death of Jesus Christ. It's limited by those who won't believe. And if you teach this doctrine, and I, I may be, I may be uh, ringing in the ears of some reformers today, I want you to know that if you believe in limited atonement, you don't believe the Bible where it says Jesus Christ gave himself a ransom for all. Okay. And if that's the only verse uh, I've got. Uh, and and First John, he says he died for our sins and not for ours only, but for the whole world. Yeah. Atonement is not limited but having said that let's go back to what we were talking about 
We need to speak the truth in love. In love. Yep. Let me read Proverbs 22, verse, verses 20 and 21. Have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge that I may make thee know the certainty of the words of truth? Mm-hmm. That thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send thee. Yeah. And when Paul and Barnabas came to Iconium, they'd just gotten thrown out of another city. They both went into the synagogue of the Jews. You find this in Acts 14, verse 1. They both went into the synagogue of the Jews, and they so spake yep. that a great multitude, both of Jews and also the Greeks, believed. And we ought to be speaking the truth yeah. in love. Yep. Amen. By the way, in that same verse, they, we see them speaking boldly. <laughs> oh, yeah. They did it with boldness. Uh, brethren, our speaking of truth, let it be with energy, enthusiasm, emphasis for people's education, for their edification. Let's speak the truth in love. Well, we've spent a a good part of an hour here answering Pilate's question mm-hmm. what is truth yep. now let me let me close with just three things that truth is alright you ready yeah they're, they're nicely alliterated with the word with the uh, with the uh, W's and with the P's <laughs> number one truth is wrapped in the person of Jesus Christ mm. that's John 1 14 yeah it is written on the pages of Scripture. Mm-hmm. That's John 17, 7 and 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. And number, th- number three, it is wrought, that is worked out, in the performance of believers. Mm-hmm. And we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Now, in these last two articles... Grace all over the place, <laughs> and what is truth? Yes, it's been our purpose uh, to define, demonstrate, declare these two great, amazing, and marvelous, wonderful attributes of Jesus Christ, of whom John wrote, and we beheld his glory mm-hmm. the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Father, we pray uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of Truth, that the Spirit of Truth will fall on those who have not yet received your Son as Savior. Let them know that you are the absolute source of truth and of all grace. Mm. Yes. May they obtain that grace today by believing in your precious and holy word, which is the truth. We thank you for this time, and we thank you for hearing our prayers. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And with that, Amen. Mr. Chamberlain. Yes, sir. I am finished. I am finished. Well, I, I, you know, I wish we had a, a two-hour podcast or, or maybe a five-hour podcast because I'll bet you you could go that, that long <laughs> on that one subject. And I, I'll tell you. I really enjoyed that. I, I knew I was looking forward to this, Pastor. Uh, 
and uh, because I knew you'd uh, provide a clear cut. Uh, you're a clear cut guide to 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 f- where to find the truth, and uh, you know we really appreciate uh, this message today. And uh, well, I'll tell you what we. I look forward to, I get kind of antsy every time we get ready to do one of these because I know it's going to be great stuff. Uh, and I know that a lot of people are going to hear some things that maybe quite possibly and, and maybe quite likely that they've never heard before about the Word of God being the truth and why it's the truth. So a segment like this is is priceless. It really is. And I, I thank you for it, Pastor. Um uh, and and we're most thankful for the word of God. Uh, we're most yeah. thankful for this truth, and uh, and we want you to know it. And and that's why we we want to invite you to listen in again next week on Saturday, and be looking and listening for our new segments uh, coming on Tuesdays. So you'll be able to hear on Tuesday and Saturday what the word of God, the truth has to say and with that and with and with that we'll close unless you've got something else pastor wait wait, wait a minute wait a minute minute. one more thing yes sir can i I suggest and uh, and and i know you'll say yes that next saturday uh, i have a rather good i think a rather full lesson uh, entitled the word of god is oh yeah oh okay what do you think i love it I think that uh, I'm pretty sure I know what, what that information is going to contain, and uh, I think that's it's an entirely appropriate and needed discussion because there, there are a lot of people in, in this world that think it was, uh, I've heard it, you've heard it referred to as allegory. Uh, you've heard it referred to, you, you've heard the word um, uh, fable. You've heard all those, all those derisive comments uh, about what the word of, what, what people think the word of God is. So I think that's a great subject matter, and, and uh, I know that uh, it'll be expounded upon greatly uh, next, next week, next Saturday. Enjoy it in either case, and we thank those. Oh, absolutely. On, 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 in foreign countries who have turned us in, and absolutely. Tell you know, you pass the word along where, where we can be found, and those who are in America uh, and uh, in East Peoria, Illinois, if that's where you're listening, because that's where I am, and and in Sherman, Texas, where Curtis is, uh, get the word out. Amen. And we'll and we'll be grateful. Okay, I'm done. All right. Hey, Pastor, thank you once again. And uh, I, I can hardly wait for uh, next week's Saturday segment. And uh, you and I, uh, you and I, this week, will be preparing for Tuesday's segment. Uh, and, and we will, I'm sure we will uh, we'll be able to provide some, some more insight, maybe on, uh, to those that, that uh, are really eagerly seeking the truth, but have not yet accepted it uh it it might be a this will be a great forum in in which to uh to reach people like that so if if you are out there and uh, you are inclined to to believe 
in the Word of God, but you have not yet been convinced, uh, please, please, we, we beg you to tune in because uh, we would love to be able to help shine uh, the light of uh, the truth of the Word of God with you and, uh, and, and help you to understand, and, and that's our whole goal. So please don't be shy. Tune in and, uh, and spend some time with us next week. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Pastor. Thank you again. Okay. Bye-bye, Kurt. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.